this last season that was uh, faith and football. And so they watched football games uh, on Sunday afternoon. And then during halftime, they did something faith-oriented. <coughs> We've, uh, we have groups that meet around basketball, groups that meet around Bible study, prayer, all, whatever, whatever it is that you want to gather around. And we simply uh, train our leaders how to add intentionality into the relationship. That's important. It's not just getting together for just the sake of having a social interaction, but to make sure that we're looking out for one another and helping one another grow in Jesus. And so if you've ever felt like maybe you'd want to lead a group, or maybe you haven't felt that before, but today you just feel like a little tug at your heart. You, why don't you join us today? Right after the service, Jess is going to be leading it. You can go right to our kids' check-in and then down the stairs to where our, our, our group leader training is going to be today. And uh, as I said, next week is the, is the rally. Last time we had a rally in the lobby, it was just it, our groups just go off. They're, they're trying to convince you that their group is better than the group at the table next to them. And so they bring food and they bring posters. It's like a little, uh, it's like a science fair or something. It just kind of goes off. Someone's going to bring a volcano next week. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we're going to have a fun time in church, as we always do, next week for our small group launch. Uh, this morning, as Pastor Troy said, we are in week two of Hey DJ. And this is such a great series for us, a significant series for us. Uh, we want to have a lot of fun in Hey DJ. How many people had fun in church last week? I mean, church was crazy. Uh, I had friends and pastors messaging me, uh, really from around North America, that were saying, man, I wish I had been in your service on Sunday, just from what they saw on social media. We had the DJ dance party. Uh, we've got another one of those coming up. Uh, I think one or two more of those coming up in the series. Uh, we had a DJ on stage. I think DJ Dan is making a reappearance at some point on the, on the stage here. So it was just, it was so fun. But Here's why it's more than fun, it's also a very significant series for us, is that in your mind right now, there is a soundtrack of thoughts. And for every one of us, that soundtrack really largely stays the same from, from day to day, week to week, month to month, even year over year over year, throughout your whole entire life. And for all of us, I think there's some element of the thoughts that we have that don't come from God that aren't leading us into the whole full life that he's called us to. And so we're starting 2019 by saying, God, we want to change the track. We want more of your soundtrack and less of our own. And so this morning we're going to talk about how we can declutter a little bit of our minds. Last week we talked about fear. We said fear is not from God. We talked about how uh, our minds are to be just set apart on God and to take captive every thought. In fact, that is our actual theme verse for the series from 2 Corinthians 10 where Paul writes to the church, he says, take captive every thought. And so where maybe your mind has been in the past, just a free-for-all, a come roam. If, you, if, you, if a thought wants to come into your mind, you're like, come on in, hang out, make yourself at home. But Paul is saying, we actually need to have a filter and a guard on our minds if we're going to have God's soundtrack and not our own. And so uh, today I want to talk about decluttering our minds. And how many have seen, how many have uh, kind of picked up on this Netflix craze, this uh, tidying up with Marie Kondo. Let me see, let me see. Now, how many have actually done something about it? How many of have you are picking stuff up and sparking joy, right? Yeah, like we've got it going on. Rachel and I have watched a little bit of this, and it has, it has just kind of brought us to, to doing something about it, even as I've been sick and, and not really too engaged with life. <laughs> Lying in bed, Rachel's been like running around me, just like throwing stuff out. It's been amazing. We need Marie in a lot of areas in our lives. Kids' toys. Oh, my goodness. You know, it was fun when the kids were little and you could just throw stuff out and they didn't know. Like, that was, I don't know if that's bad parenting, but that's what I did. 
<laughs> except, I, except when, like, the kids, would they come along and they would see, like, you know, Daddy, why is Elsa in the garbage? <laughs> she wanted to get away, honey. She didn't want to hurt anyone anymore. <laughs> so our clothes is another area that really needs some help. And Rachel and I recently, we did a, clothe pur a clothing purge. And um, I think we need to do another one again. We need to do the Marie approach, though, the whole, like, sparks joy approach. Because if everything on her side of the closet is sparking joy, like, seriously, the happiest woman in the world, my wife. I mean, it's just so much over there to spark joy. And she's not even here this morning because she's home with Abby with her eyes shut. And so she can't even say anything about it. But I do think, however, that she does, she does need a, a shopping spree after a while. And, I, and so you can let her know. I not only just told her that she had too much on her side of the closet, but she, I mean, it's three kids, man. Shopping spree. Hello. So don't, don't leave me. Uh, don't, don't. Don't kind of walk away, ladies, and just shut me down now this morning just because I'm just going to talk about the closet for a minute. How many know, guys, have you ever had this happen to you in your closet where you start, you move into a place, when we moved into our place, you walk into the closet and you're like, oh, nice, an equally divided closet. Makes total sense, right? Somebody had the forethought to think two people divided evenly. But then somewhere along the way, uh, a dress and then a dress section and oversized sweaters and now like I don't even I don't even get to hang anything anymore it's just my little pile how many you know what this feels like in your mind your mind feels cluttered it's like you know when a DJ wants to overlap the track so that you don't hear that awkward silence but maybe in your mind it's like he never fades out the second one it's just there's so much going on and it's so hard to really focus. It feels like it's hard to hear from God. And this morning I want to talk about how we can hear from God, get more of God's thoughts in our mind. Romans 12 speaks of it this way, and this is what the Bible says, always talking about our thoughts. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How's God going to transform you? Watch this. By changing the way you think. I mean, I think every one of us would say that we want to know the will of God in our lives. So reading on, how do we do that? It says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. What's this then Paul's talking about here? Then is after God has changed our thinking. In, in other words, you, you won't be able to know God's will for your life unless you have God constantly changing and refining your thinking to be like his. This isn't the way I don't think most of us grew up. I think for most of us, we grew up, you know, it, whether it would be teachers or parents or, or uh, people in our lives that wanted to, to change something about us. Most of us probably had the experience that they tried to change our behavior. Uh, as kids, it was just like, stop, stop, stop. Like they, they would yell stop until we would stop what it was we were doing. I mean, in our home this week with, with Wyland recently having been born, there's some behaviors going on amongst our two older girls that, that do not fit the profile of the Johnston home. We are going to have to root some of these things out. So one of, the, one of the girls this past week twice tried to strangle her sister. And you're just yelling, stop, stop, stop as loud as you can until you can get there. And you can strangle the one that's doing the strangling, right? <laughs> so much of what we, what we view as how we change our lives is, is behavior modification. We just, oh, if I, if I could change my behavior, if I could adjust the way I act, but... And we even think that that's the way God approaches us. And we have this messed up view of Christianity that God, it, Christianity is God yelling, stop, 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 until he can get us to do something different. 
That's not what the Bible says. No, the Bible says, well, how does God want to transform you into a new person? Changing the way you think. God wants to change you from the inside out. That's why Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's your thoughts that are going to cause what you become. Your thoughts will lead to your actions. And so God is always wanting to start on the level of how we're thinking and how can he adjust our thinking and get more of his thoughts into our mind. And so this morning, I want to talk for a couple minutes just around a few ideas of how we get more of God's thoughts into our lives. Two things that we can do, I believe, (coughs) to get more of God's thinking into our lives. And the first thing is simply this. It's to make a request, to actually ask God to give us more of his thoughts. So the next time you have a thought that is clearly not from God, whether it's doubt or insecurity or anxiety or fear or worry, whatever it is, you can diagnose it as being from somewhere other than God to stop and say, God, I'm not going to try and get rid of this thought the way I've always tried to get rid of it in the past. I'm going to ask you, give me some different thoughts in this moment. And what we're going to find in in one of my favorite Bible stories that we're going to go study together is this is exactly what this person was going through. Absolutely uh, overwhelmed by insecurity in his life. And God comes along and, 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 and says, ask something from me. And we're going to see that not only does God change his mind a little bit, towards the end of the story we're going to read, people come from all over the world to listen to this guy's thoughts. The story, of course, is of Solomon in in 1 Kings chapter 3. And in verse 5, there's this great moment where uh, Solomon has just been made king over Israel. His dad, David, had been king before him. Solomon's made king, and one night he's sleeping, and God shows up in the dream and says in verse 5, Ask what I shall give you. And I think, man, this is so important for us as we close out 21 days of prayer. We've got seven days left. To reset our thinking. Sometimes I think we believe that we want God's help more than God wants to give it. That's not what the Bible says. God shows up before you even ask anything and says, come on, ask of me. I'm inviting you to ask something from me. We think, oh, I just got to get the words just perfect so God will want to answer my prayer. And God's like, no, I want to give to you more than you even want to receive. So many times God is actually the one standing there saying, will you just ask? God shows up in this dream, says to Solomon, hey, ask what it is that I shall give you. What we see going on in verse 7, there's an interesting response from Solomon. It's not at all what I would have expected. He says, you've made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Solomon's thinking is messed up. He's, He's insecure. He's name calling himself in his mind. I'm just a little child. He's paralyzed in his thinking. He's, I don't even know how to come in or go out. There's some thinking. And what amazes me about this picture is that God puts him on the throne of the nation of Israel before he's got all of his thinking worked out. Come on, that ought to encourage somebody in the room this morning, right? God, God puts him to a position of authority and influence while he's still got stuff to work out. So he says before God, he says, I'm just a little child. I don't know how to, I don't even know how to do this. Then in verse 9, he prays this prayer. God has said, ask, so what does Solomon say? He says, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind. God loves short prayers. Like, 
Sometimes we think we need like an hour before God's listening. And this prayer took Solomon five seconds and God loved it. God loved it so much, God answered it, and God said, listen, because you didn't ask me for long life or for riches, I'm going to give you those things too. I'm going to give you the wisest mind of anyone who's ever lived. And it took Solomon five seconds to ask for it. Now we skip ahead a little bit, a few chapters in 1 Kings to 1 Kings chapter 10. Eventually tells us that the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom. How did he get it? Which God had put into his mind. Come on, Resonate Church. You've been called to change lives. You've been called to transform and influence a city. You've been called to, uh, to reach a region. Come on, we've been called to spark something spiritually in our nation. Come on. And we think that we can't do it because we, we have insecurity or we think we can't do it. We think we have these thoughts in our mind. It's like, I'm not enough. I can't lead. I don't know how to share my faith. I couldn't lead in our group if I wanted to or tried. God's showing up today and saying, hey, I'm called you to some things that your thinking's not yet on the level. But if you want it to be, all you got to do is ask. Next time you, you can see your mind thinking thoughts that aren't from God. Imagine yourself, maybe you're in an argument with your spouse. Maybe they say something harsh towards you, or maybe you're thinking something harsh towards yourself. Just to pause in that moment and say, God, I need your thoughts right now in this moment. I need, some, I need something different than what's running around in my mind right now. I need, I'm going to ask for your thoughts. That's, the, that's step number one of getting more of God's soundtrack in our minds this year, just to ask God. Well, the second part, this is the Marie Kondo part. This is the, I'm actually going to declutter things in my mind a little bit. This is what needs to be removed. Because when I got saved, God forgave me and wiped clean all of my past. But I still had a long way to go to look more like Jesus. What needs to be removed from my thinking? And I want to talk just for a few minutes about two areas of our thinking that I believe God wants to reset and adjust Two things that God wants us to declutter and actually get less of in our minds. And the first is what others think. You have on average about 30,000 thoughts a day. How many of those thoughts for you are what others think about you? Pastoral confession moment. When, when God called me into ministry and I first went on staff at a church and got to be honest with you, I had so many thoughts as a pastor. This is how I thought of leadership. Was that I just needed to get people to think that I was significant or I was something or I was cool. I had this peer-based mindset to my leadership. And it was so rooted in what other people were thinking about me. You know, it wasn't a, I'm so glad for the Solomon type of call where God put me in a place where he knew I wasn't ready to hit yet. He put me in a place where he knew I would still be struggling with some things, but he said, I'm actually going to be the one to come along and change your thinking. And I remember in a place of prayer where God really began to shift that peer-based thinking of I need to be everybody's friend. And God just really began to speak to me to father the house of God. I was like, God, I'm too young. I'm thinking the Solomon thoughts, right? I'm just a baby. How am I going to father your house? Just God's like, father the house of God. Because when you got a peer-based mentality in leadership, you're not willing to challenge people. You're not willing to see the places where they need to grow. You're not willing to call the gold out in them. You're so worried about what other people think. And as a result, they stay stuck where they are. 
God says, no, I want you to change your mind. I want you to be fathering uh, my people, fathering my church. I, I had so many of my 30,000 thoughts were what other people were thinking about me. I want to ask you today, where is there in your life that you're spending way too much time thinking about what other people are thinking about you? Have you noticed that in all the scriptures that we've read about our mind, both from week one and today, that actually none of them talk about thinking about what other people think about you? Colossians chapter 3 says, set your mind where? On things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. God's saying, God, one of the things God wants to get your mind up and over and above is all the stuff that is going on around you right here. What other people think and what's going on next door. No, God wants your mind on things above. One of the ways that we need to declutter our minds is actually just letting go and thinking less about what other people think about us. And, and then there's this, there's this final area of where we need to let go. And I don't think that many of us would necessarily think of this one as something that we need to declutter from our minds, but I really believe it's true. That we need to de- declutter from our minds what we think about ourselves. You see, like Solomon, you and I spend so much time in our lives looking in the rearview mirror to see who we were. God puts a call in front of you and says, I want you to go after this. And we just look back at who we've been and we say, well, I can't do it because I've just been a child. I've been foolish. I've not been disciplined. I'm looking back at all the things that I was, and God's saying, no, I want to call you into something different. I believe we need to let go of so much of what we've been thinking about ourselves to this point. God's wanting to reorient our thinking to his way of thinking. And Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if, there's, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And of course, Uh, Paul is writing about characteristics of God. He's saying, so think about these characteristics of God, but I want to flip it just a little bit this morning. Because God wants to lead you into looking more and more and more like Jesus, what if we were to start to see ourselves this way with these characteristics? Like, what if you were to pause and just take a moment and say, I see a future version of myself that speaks more truth. Like, what if you were to pause and say, I know that's not who I was, but in my family and in my business, I'm going to be more honest. I can see myself in the future with more honesty. What if we were to pause and say, I'm going to be more honorable in the future. Again, I haven't been, I haven't really looked at people and just constantly in every situation noticed their value and wanted to lift them up, maybe bring myself a little bit lower so I could lift others up, so I could be someone that's honorable, that honors other people. I, I, have, I have this thought of me in the future with more of the characteristics of God to actually be one who seeks after justice. Like maybe that's not who you were. Maybe you've always thought if someone's in a difficult situation in their life, they probably deserved it because of some bad choices they made in their past. But all of a sudden God comes into your thinking and starts to reorient. And all of a sudden you're thinking, you know what, man, I just, I get angry at injustice. I get angry at the fact that not everybody's had the chances that I've had. And even where they've made mistakes, that there hasn't been other people there to help lift them up and elevate them. I'm going to be someone who thinks about justice. I'm going to be someone in the future. I can see a version of me that is pure. Oh, it's not, maybe not who I was yesterday. But before my behavior can change, my thinking's got to change. And I got to begin to see this in myself. Why? Because God wants to transform you into the, Je- into the, into the likeness of Jesus. Oh, come on. You can begin to see, God, I can see, I can see be- your beauty in my life. God, I can see me being involved in things that are excellent. Not because I'm excellent, but because you're so excellent. 
could change the soundtrack of our minds. It's, I wanted to start this morning not by talking about the decluttering. I wanted to start this morning talking about the ask. God doesn't want your mind just empty. It's important that we declare, but the starting point is asking, making a request. Hey, DJ, I need a new track. God begins to fill that into your mind, and as God begins to fill you with new thoughts, you begin to notice the things that need to go. And so for a few minutes, I want us to enter into a time of prayer. I'm going to invite you to stand all over the room as we pray together. And I'm not going to pray some long, complicated, drawn-out prayer. I'm going to pray just for God's thoughts. So God, I, I thank you that right now your Holy Spirit is in this place to change our lives. You're not looking over this room yelling stop. You're coming along aside in our lives and you want to give us your thoughts and change the way we think. So God, I ask for your thoughts. God, I pray specifically right now in this moment, there's many people, there's an area of their life, God, that you've called them to declutter. Maybe there's an ongoing argument between them and their spouse and, 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 and criticisms that get lobbed one way and the other. And those things have taken root. God, I pray when, when those things would be spoken or thought, God, that, that we would captivate it in a moment. We would take that thought captive and we would say, that's who I was, but it's not who I am. That we begin to see something differently in Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, that you would... Help us to notice every thought that's not from you, God, the insecurity that I'm just a child. To take hold of your thoughts, God.
this atmosphere of worshiping, and I invite you to just keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed for a moment, because maybe you're here in the place this morning. The way you have viewed God is that he is just always yelling stop, and you've seen this behavior modification approach to God, but you've never actually understood that God in his love for you wants to transform your life from the inside out. Today, before you leave this place, I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to God through faith in Jesus. Salvation is in a moment, and it's a gift from God. The transformation of your life is from that moment on, and it is a process until you see Jesus. But in this place today, salvation is here to reach to you and set you free from every sin and every mistake and, and put you back right in the in place of God, eternal life and full life before God. So if that's you in the room this morning and you'd say, yeah, pastor, would you include me in a closing prayer before we dismiss the service this morning? I want to surrender my life to God through faith in Jesus. Would you just shoot your hand up just for a moment? Won't center you out or embarrass you. Won't call you to the front. We just simply want to include you in a closing prayer. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, resonate. Let's pray this together with those who've raised their hands in this place. And maybe you wanted to raise your hand, but didn't. Let's say this together. Just repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life and my full surrender. And I choose to follow you because I believe you died and rose again. So I could be forgiven. So I could be free. So I can begin the process of transforming from the inside out. So I give you my life and choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, can we put our hands together for those who prayed that prayer this morning? Best. Hey, DJ!